Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Unexpected Wildcard Podcast. My name's Meg. I'm your host. I want to thank each of you that are listeners for bearing with the wonky schedule. There's been a lot going on lately, and I am just excited to be here tonight to share something that is so meaningful to me. This practice has changed my entire life. I know that it has positively impacted the lives of others as well. So this is the hashtag LAF episode. Please listen to this episode with an open mind and open heart. It can truly change your life for the better. And I hope that you take this tool as the gift that it is and you allow it to bring deeper healing into your life because that's my true intent with this. So I want to thank you for your openness and your willingness to just listen to how this has just transformed so much and how nothing will ever go back to the way that it was before because of it. I have done many things in my own personal journey to help support my healing. And I have to say the laugh or hashtag LAF exercise is my favorite. It's by far the hardest. (laughs) But I just have such a special soft spot for it because of what it can do. It is so deeply profound and it just encompasses so much. And if we can find and rise to courage in our own lives, I believe each of us has it within us to do this can just be super hard or super challenging. But sometimes the things that we need the most are the hardest. And sometimes the things that we need to step into are the scariest. And I validate that. It can be super scary to leave certainty behind. It can be super scary to leave everything familiar behind. And when you do this exercise, it does take most of us into unfamiliar territory because of the society and the culture and the day and age that most of us grew up in. I mean, I'm 33. I was born in 90. And some of the very common things that I would hear as a child, not necessarily from any specific adult, but from the adults, you know, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're going to be punished. How could, how could you do that? You're, you look guilty. And I want to first start off by saying that I have so much gratitude and thanks for the elders in my life and for the elders in my community. And when I say elders, I just mean the older generation. I do have respect for them. I do have empathy with them. I understand that every generation does the best with what they have. But we have gotten better tools in 2023. And guilt, shame, punishment, 
those are very unsupportive, unhelpful non-supporting things there are just so many better options now like a consequence you know we all have the power of our choice but we're not free from the consequence and that consequence could be positive or negative if you choose to volunteer and donate to a worthy cause the consequence of that is that that cause maybe gets to support other people and that makes you feel good If you break the law, you had the choice to break the law, but the consequence is you're probably going to be dealing with law enforcement. You see what I'm saying? That's so much different than punishment. Again, I am not intending to guilt or shame anyone in this episode. I want to reiterate, we all know what we know, and we do the best we can with what we have. But I would like to add, once we know better, we can do better. So this is me trying to do better. When you grow up in that environment in school and your community and your religious organizations and scout groups and clubs and dance groups and whatever it may be, whatever organizations you belong to or whatever communities you were in, As a young child, it can make you feel a certain way about yourself. It can make you constantly fear getting in trouble, constantly fear, you know, being innately wrong at your core. You know, there's something just being wrong with you, like at your very core, at your very being. And it can become this like guilty, gnawing feeling. For me, it was like a burning pit in my stomach that never went away, even when I hadn't broken a rule or acted out. And thinking back to that, that was, that was challenging. You know, it definitely affected me in certain ways. And when you live with those feelings for long enough, especially during your developmental years, it can, it can play out in how you choose to make decisions as, you know, an adolescent or a young teenager. And for me, that, that definitely played out. I uh, definitely went through a rebellious streak and really struggled with my relationship with myself if I ever had one at all. I unfortunately got to the point where I actually really just disliked myself, despised myself, whatever word you want to use. And for me, it did get to the point where I didn't want to exist. You know, I tried two specific times to not exist. And thankfully, I failed. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful that I'm still here. I was at a very low, dark place in my life, and I had lost my hope. I had lost my sight. I had lost my ability to want to carry on. And I'm so grateful that I was lifted up out of that place and that now I do have hope. And there is light. And I am very excited for each day and for my life. But there has been so much that has happened between that girl and now this woman. And this exercise has played a huge role in that. I have done many things in my life 
that I'm not necessarily proud of, so to speak. I've made many mistakes. I have flaws. I know that I've hurt people. I know that people have hurt me. And whenever we start stacking things onto ourselves or up against ourselves, that can feel like a soul-crushing weight. And it can be very difficult to stand up underneath that weight. And so one of the purposes of this exercise is to start unpacking some of that baggage. And I want to say to you, as you're listening to this, this is a tool and a resource that has supported me and supported others that I worked with. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the tool or resource for you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to jump right into this. It doesn't necessarily that you have to wholeheartedly agree. It's actually okay if you disagree. I'm not a person that shies away um, from disagreement, so to speak. I won't argue with you. I won't try to convince you. I might not even engage in dialogue around the disagreement, but ultimately, like, I support everyone's right to their own beliefs and to have, you know, a, a disagreement. Um, personally, when I disagree with something, I just scroll on by. And that's kind of how I, I take things on. Just because it's not my place, it's not my job, and it's just not something I'm going to do to try to convince others to see the way that I see. When I'm fully aware that maybe they're, they're supposed to see another way because maybe their path is different than mine. So what would it do for me to try to convince it would just cause more discordance. So I just kind of go in peace. Um, so if that's you and you're like, okay, I don't agree with this at all. I don't like this. You feel free. Like you can go in peace. I won't hold it against you. Not every tool is going to be for every person. You know, some people need a vacuum. Some people need a telescope. It just depends on like your current path and situation. So just know that I hope this resonates with you, but if it doesn't, it's okay. It might not just not might be might not be your tool for right now or forever, and that's okay. <laughs> so the initials laugh stand for love, accept and forgive. And so many people when they walk into the transformation room, that's the name of my office. There's a lot of butterflies in there. Um, the name of my business is Metamorphosis, so it all goes hand in hand. But there's so many people who walk through that door who are not even anywhere near loving themselves or liking themselves. You know, they're they're kind of in a spot where they're at the kind of baseline level so to speak and that's an observation and I have been there many times (laughs) so like I don't have judgment for that it's just observing like where we're starting so that we can witness how far we're about to go so that love that acceptance that forgiveness um, many of us are taught from a young age not to accept ourselves not to accept our flaws not to accept our shortcomings not to accept our failures like not to, to feel that guilt and shame around them to feel that fear around them 
And it really just does, it sets you up for a very low self-image, a very low self-esteem, a very low self-worth, whatever you want to call it. It can lead you right into perfectionism. For some, it can lead right into eating issues, can lead right into financial issues. It can literally lead into addictions of all kinds. Because how you feel about yourself, your relationship with yourself, everything that you do, every choice that you make, every word that you speak is filtered through that. I will say that again. Your self-image, your self-esteem, what your self-worth, your relationship with yourself, however you want to phrase it, every word that you speak, every action that you take, every choice that you make goes through that particular filter. So that's why sometimes you'll witness people with a lower self-image or self-worth make decisions that are very damaging towards themselves. And someone with a higher self-image or self-worth or self-esteem might look at them in a judgmental way because they don't understand and say, don't they respect themselves? Probably not, friend. Probably not yet. A lot of people have broken trust within themselves and they've lost respect for themselves. But I want to like take a moment to encourage each person listening because that's some heavy stuff. You can heal it. Trust can be rebuilt and respect can be regained. It just takes time and it takes effort. I'm not going to be the person that sits here and looks you in the eyes or speaks to you across these airways and says, oh yeah, just do this exercise a few times and everything's going to be perfect. First of all, perfect is a myth. It's an unattainable standard we all hold ourselves to. We learned of this in the perfection episode, unless you're literally a standardized test, which if you are, congrats. Um, We look for excellence or progress over perfection. That's a much more healthy standard to hold yourself to. Again, these are just suggestions. That, that myth will take you down. It doesn't exist. There's no way to measure it. There's no way to reach it. Shoot for excellence. But that self-acceptance, without that respect, without that, uh, that trust with yourself, it's going to be challenging. And then forgiveness. You know, we've all done things in our lives different degrees of things. And sometimes that can be really hard to forgive because it has impacted others. And I validate that. But we have to remember with all of these things to the same like a degree that we have them, that's the same degree we can give them. Think of it this way. If you're going for a job interview and there's like a baseline of skills that you have to have, And sometimes they do this in like funny comedy movies where they'll be like, the baseline is that you have to have a college education to be able to speak three languages. So the girl like fakes her her resume and says that she went to like Harvard and then goes online and learns like six phrases in three different languages and then just like spouts it all off in the interview and like sneaks through the interview. But then 
she gets to her job and like she has to translate all this stuff on the computer and she can't. So then it almost becomes like this comedic sketch where she's trying to pull up like Google without getting caught and like translate everything through Google. But then, you know, the translation isn't exactly correct. And or then they'll bring in partners from a different company and they'll start speaking to her in the different language and she'll just like nod and smile and and won't be able to speak back. And then she'll like fall in love with her boss and then her boss will somehow help her. Like, get through the whole situation and learn the three languages. And then they live happily ever after. And I just described a Hallmark movie. (laughs) But, like, you get what I'm saying. Life isn't a Hallmark movie. At least I don't think. And uh, as cute as they are, even though they're super far-fetched and ridiculous sometimes, it's not reality. Reality is we can't fake it, you guys. We can't. We can try, but people are going to see through it. We can't fake it. I can only love you to the capacity that I am able to receive love. I'm only going to be able to accept you to the capacity that I can accept myself. And I am going to only be able to forgive you to the capacity that I can forgive myself. And I've pretty much come across personally one exception to this because you know there's always that exception or two. I have seen parents push through this for their kids and that's a beautiful thing. But it's not a costless thing because it drains the parents then. Because they're they're pouring from an empty reserve. Their cup hasn't been filled, so to speak. So, like, it's beautiful, but it's also damaging in a way. And that could be a parallel for life. Like, life can be beautiful, but also damaging. And some people don't like it when I talk like this. They're like, wow, that's really negative. Why don't you just be positive? Look at every single person who's experienced true loss and then say, just be positive. And I'm not saying that from like a victim standpoint. I'm saying that as someone who has overcome great loss and acknowledges that it was a part of my experience and it shaped me and it did make me stronger. But it was still a great loss. And I don't live out of a place of victimhood in that. I live out of a place of choosing to move forward each day and grow and learn and heal. But to deny those losses would be to deny the relationships that I have with the people who have passed on. And uh, I'm not personally willing to do that. If you're personally willing to do that, then that's, that's your decision and that's, a, that's valid. But I have experienced great beauty and I have experienced great loss And life is balanced. It's a dualistic and things can be sometimes like our greatest tragedies can also be our greatest moments of change and transformation and beauty. And it's both. It's not always just one thing or another. So... I've had people push back on this, and that's okay. I get it. I push back on it for most of my life. I found it hard to find lovable parts of myself. I definitely wasn't accepting of parts of myself, and I surely was not forgiving myself. (laughs) I was my own worst critic. I was entirely too hard on myself, and it showed 
And it would be awfully easy for me to slip back into those places. And sometimes I do feel myself slipping, but I've learned how to pull myself out now. And I also have amazing friends and supports around me that are willing to like gently say, hey, Meg, and kind of remind me. And that's why it's great to have checks and balances with a few trusted people because community, really close friends, they can help you see your blind spots and, you know, share it to you in a way that feels safe and loving and not judgmental and guilty and shaming and all those things that you've healed from that could potentially try to trigger you. Um, So how was this exercise born? (laughs) This is the part I'm really excited to tell you about. I had been working with one-to-one clients. Um, My business was slowly building. And I definitely don't pick favorites with clients. Um, But this person, they were and they are special in their own unique way. And they have overcome the odds Like, they have really gone through some things. Um, Very, very difficult things. Very deep and painful losses. And had their fair share of struggles. And because of the things that they had done, they were having a really difficult time loving, accepting, and forgiving themselves. And I resonated so deeply with this because same... I really struggled with this. But when I was alone with myself and I I did this exercise without knowing it was an exercise at the time, something started to shift in me. And that guilt and shape and fear began to like fall away. And then I was able to breathe and I was able to heal because it was no longer about whether I was right or wrong or if I was guilty, or good, or bad, or any of those things. It was about, I'm a human being that was created by a creator, higher power, God, that loves me, and accepts me, and forgives me, just because I exist. And like allowing myself to be open and receive that in a way I never had before, in a very personal and private way. And I didn't have to do it one time. I've had to do it many times, sometimes multiple times a day. My favorite way to utilize this practice is before bed to kind of like go through my day. And, like, be accountable and honest and open with myself. Like, these are the ways that I felt I felt like I fell short or I let someone down or I let myself down or I broke my own trust or I broke a promise to myself or whatever. And then I give myself forgiveness for that. Like, hey, Meg, I forgive you. And then, like, giving myself acceptance. Like, hey, you made a mistake, but, like, I still accept you. And then giving yourself like the love that you're craving, you know, I still love you. I love you irregardless of your mistakes and flaws. And then like doing that unconditionally as many times as you need it. 
when you look at the world around us and you look at all the people looking for and striving for these things, that love, that acceptance, that forgiveness, and they're looking at all these different places. It's all external. And external love, acceptance, and forgiveness is kind of like extra sprinkles or an extra cherry on top of your Sunday. But like the internal, that's the whole dang place that you're buying the dessert from. It's the restaurant, it's the ambiance, it's every single item on the menu. External is a bonus. I always remind myself and those that are open to hearing from me within my work that uh, you're the first and the last relationship that you're going to have with yourself. If your life goes absolutely perfectly and you end up having like, which again, perfect doesn't exist, so this is just like a fantasy, (laughs) but let's say theoretically, fantasy, um, you have the perfect life and you have this beautiful family and partner and children and all the things and then you get to the end of your life and those people pass before you, you're going to experience great loss and suffering and being the one that, that lived outlived them. And if you go first, then they're going to experience that loss and suffering and there's nothing that any of us can do to buy more time doesn't matter how much money you have so like time relationships those are more valuable than money um how you treat others that's more valuable than money how you treat yourself it's way more valuable than money and it can affect how you make money and it can affect how you receive money and it certainly can affect how you give money So it's like all intertwined, but time is more valuable than money, in my opinion, because you can always make or lose more money, but how do you buy more time? There's actually an entire movie um, called In Time with Justin Timberlake in it, and it's like a post-apocalyptic, but it's like this premise of that it's a future society, and they don't run on, on like cash. They run on like your time is your currency, and once your clock runs out, your life is over. And it was like a very profound and artistic way to show that like none of us know when our clock's going to run out, so to speak. So like spend your time wisely. Um, but essentially doing this exercise each and every day if you need to. But back to my story, this person that I was working with, they were super struggling with this and then... You know, it got brought up for a couple of sessions and like I never pressure people. I just make suggestions if they choose them. Cool. If not, we go to something else. We pick a different tool. Um, ultimately, like they're leading the session. It's on them. Their consent. All the things. But came up in another session and like they did it that day. They loved and accepted and forgive themselves. And it like released a whole bunch of emotion from them. And it shifted something. It absolutely shifted something in their journey and their heart and their healing. Like it created a whole ripple effect and it was beautiful to witness. And through that, that person 
came up with the hashtag idea like and asked me like have you laughed laf today and then like t-shirts came out of it and a whole bunch of other stuff and now a lot of clients have gone through this process used these tools but like i'm never gonna forget that that person like they were the first client that i walked through that with and it was it was scary because it was unfamiliar but i believe in the power of love acceptance and forgiveness and i believe that love can heal so much and so can forgiveness and so can acceptance and if if you look at our world like if there is more love acceptance and forgiveness first from each of us to ourselves so I, I think I quote like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs in every single episode, but it's like super important. So if you haven't Googled it yet, <laughs> it could be really helpful for you <laughs> on your healing and transforming and growing journey. But like a basic need we all have is love and acceptance. So like if you're constantly operating out of a state of your basic needs aren't being met, then you're going to be in survival mode. When you're in survival mode, your nervous system is activated. When your nervous system is activated, you're more easily triggered. When you're more easily triggered, well, look at the world around you. There's a bunch of people walking around just being triggered all the time every day and then trigger, triggering each other. It's like a trigger revolving door between everyone. And if we would all start at the baseline of having our basic needs met by ourselves first, then we wouldn't be seeking and searching externally for all these things. Like our creator gave us the innate ability to be able to do this within us. And they are part of us. So like it's all from them. So, like, if there's a part of you that feels guilty, like, oh, it's really egotistical to love myself. Not really, friend. Uh, we have to first love others as we love ourselves. Just saying. And that's uncomfy. And people, like, really push back at me for that. But, like, I'm not the first person that said that. And it's from a very important place. Google it if you want. If you don't, that's okay, too. But... Yeah, you can't give away what you don't have. So anyways, for like a year now, we've been all laughing with each other by ourselves, all the things. And tonight I got to witness this person's hard work pay off as they hit this just huge, incredible milestone in their journey. And all of it came through about love and acceptance and forgiveness because because they were giving that to themselves. Like it supported things, it helped fuel things. Like if you love yourself and you accept yourself, you have that respect, you have that trust within yourself, you're more likely to be a person that has healthy boundaries, who doesn't accept lesser treatment. You know, we all, whether we want to acknowledge or admit it or not, accept the treatment that we feel like we're worthy of. And that is hard 
truth. And it hits me too. Trust me. I have even very recently like accepted less than what I know I deserve. And I am in real time resetting some boundary lines. And that's a good positive healing thing because boundaries are to protect yourself and to protect others. And it helps eliminate those triggers. So like we accept what we feel we're worthy of. So like, again, not guilting, not shaming. Like I have been in relationships romantically and I probably deserved a lot better treatment and then I know that I didn't always treat them verbally as well either um, because of like all these triggers again. So as we do this, like we do get stronger boundaries and we can have empathy and we can shift out of victim mode and we can shift to a growth mindset and we, we can do all of these things, but it's a baseline of I'm worthy of this. I love myself enough to do this. I accept myself enough to like face the parts of myself that make me uncomfortable and maybe scare me or feel overwhelming so that then I can give them love, acceptance, and forgiveness so then that they're not that scary anymore. It's like they're healing. They're healing. Like so many of us have been taught to fear our quote-unquote like negative emotions. Again, just be positive. And I'm not saying positivity is a bad thing. But like anger is a secondary emotion. It protects something. Fear can save your life. Like it'll help stop you from like running out into traffic or jumping off the top of something that's dangerous or like, like I said earlier, like trigger warnings and all of this. But these emotions, like they hold no power unless you empower them. So if you simply sit and just watch an emotion float by and don't attach a thought or a feeling or an action to it, then it just floats by. But if you take your personal power, which is your, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your actions, and you attach it to the anger, if you take your anger out driving, that could harm yourself or someone else. If you take your anger out for an argument, that could harm yourself and someone else. If you sit and journal about your anger and then let your journal entry on fire, you're hurting no one. <laughs> if you sit and paint about your anger into beautiful art and then sell your art to someone it resonates to and then it like blesses their home, <laughs> that's not hurting anyone. If you simply cry out your anger or go to a kickboxing class to release your anger, like you're not hurting yourself or someone else. When we witness anger hurting others or ourselves is when we empower our anger and then we don't like check our intentions. So emotions in and of themselves, I'm pretty sure I say this every time to you, but this is going to be the thing I say until like the end of time. Emotions are simply indicators. They are neither bad nor good. They're simply pointing to something deeper going on inside of you. So they are showing you something. What are they showing you? Depends on who you are and what's going on. But then once you go in 
and you sit with that and you ask yourself the questions or you get support in being asked questions, you can indicate to like what needs support, what needs healing, what needs released, what needs transformed, what needs recalibrated, what needs rebalanced, what literally needs to be like kicked to the curb because it's no longer supporting you and it is causing you harm or causing someone else harm. But like so many times we're just taught to like not feel or to not feel those types of emotions. Like just smile, just be positive, just, 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 just. There's a reason there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score because emotion is simply energy and motion. And I'm talking about the energy and fuel like it takes to run your body. So if you stop that energy as it's emotion, then that's where your emotion stops. So we have people who will push their emotion down into their stomachs and then they get a nice case of IBS like because they're stressed out. Some may call it anxiety. Some may call it whatever. I'm not a doctor. I neither diagnose nor treat. I'm simply just sharing my perspective and my opinion. Uh, please seek medical assistance or support if you feel like you have a true health condition. That's my disclaimer. But I'm just saying... Um, some people, they'll feel a strong emotion and stop it, and they'll feel like that racing heart, shorter breath, lightheaded, um, all different things. Like, that emotion affects us. And then if you hold it in long enough, I've li- had literally people walk into my room at work, and as soon as they hit the door, they'll start to tear up, and they'll be like, why am I crying already? And I'll ask them, why do you think? And sometimes they don't know, but honestly, my perspective is that Crying can feel vulnerable and maybe being in that safe room was like the first time they had felt safe enough to be vulnerable for a little while. And that's okay. But also there, I've had people say like, why am I starting to cry like from way back when I thought I dealt with this? Well, friend, like dealing with it is actually moving through it and processing it. I didn't know that (laughs) until I now know that. Um, So like suppressing it, forgetting about it, just moving on, just being like, okay, well, I forgive that and move on. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here. In this exercise, when you choose to forgive, like you first acknowledge what the forgiveness is for. And that could be through writing it out. For me, it's very much writing it out. Um, I've had, had some people who I've led through saying it to like a pillow or an animate object, but it's like literally working it out of you. So writing, like, to that person, like, why you're forgiving them. Um, You don't have to deliver a letter to them. You don't have to tell them, like, this exercise is for you to release you from these attachments that you're holding on to. Um, But then, like, getting rid of that letter, like, releasing it, ripping it up, you know, uh, burning it, or maybe just throwing it away, or maybe you just want to, but however you want to dispose of it. But like taking the time to actually work through that and face it, you know, it's not easy to write a letter to yourself (laughs) of all the ways that you feel like you've disappointed yourself or failed. But it's empowering when you feel ready. So that's another thing I want to say. Don't do this exercise until you feel ready. Like, really weigh it out. Really ask yourself. Don't rush into it. It is addressing things that are painful. It is addressing things that are uncomfortable. It can be extremely 
triggering. And if you don't go into it with the mindset of like, I'm prepared to face these things, it can be really challenging and even feel harmful. Um, I always offer support to clients through this. If then they choose to do it on their own, that's okay. That's that's up to them. But obviously then whatever happens in that time with themselves like is between them and themselves. And um, I could support them potentially afterwards. But obviously if you're at your house, I'm not going to like come up to your kitchen window and be like, hey, <laughs> let me help you laugh through your window. <laughs> um, a lot of people have chosen to do it with me in the room. And when I say with me, I mean, like, I just sit there and hold space. And then I do, like, hug people afterwards if they want to hug. I've clapped for people. I've cheered with people. I've I've cried with people. Like, it's emotional. Like, whatever they're open to or whatever they need, I try to do my best to hold that space and support them. But, like, be ready. Really consider what you're stepping into. Um, I always chat with clients before we do any sort of work like this because it's not surface level work. It is, it is deeper work. And there's a reason why so many people don't do it because it, it does require an honesty and a taking a look at like what really is. And if you get stuck there, it can feel like you're going backwards or you've lost progress or there's something wrong. And that's where it's great to have like the support person to be like, you're just moving through this. (laughs) You don't have to stay there or live there. And I'm not even saying me. I'm saying like, if you have a trusted friend, partner, family member, whoever, but someone to like remind you, like as you're loving, accepting and forgiving yourself, like there's absolutely no reason in the world why that wouldn't be a positive move to give yourself love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Because again, remember, we can only give what we have. So to the degree that you have these things is the degree that you can give them away. If I had not done this work myself, and done it again, and again, and again, and again. I wouldn't have gotten to witness tonight one of the most beautiful things I've witnessed in my work so far, and seeing someone achieve such a major milestone. Everything that they have overcome. Because I wouldn't have been the person that could sit in the room and support people. I wouldn't have had the space to hold. And when I started doing this work, it was obviously very much for myself. And then about three years into my journey, well, like two, two and a half, I started to realize like maybe I did want to help others with it. But then I had a very specific straight-laced idea of how I wanted to do it. And like, what's that quote? We make plans, God laughs. Ha! Do you see what I just did there? And I didn't even do it on purpose. God, LAFs. Well, he does. Uh, I'm talking, yeah. L-A-U-G-H-S. Um, 
But, like, that's one thing this person taught me is, like, life on life's terms and trusting the process. And, like, that's exactly it. Like, I thought it was going to be one thing. And then sitting in that in that space tonight with them, witnessing all of this, like, made me realize that, like, it's even going to transform even more. And that's beautiful. And, like, things are going to change again. But they're going to change for the better and and for a way that they're supposed to. And I'm accepting of that. And I do have, like, forgiveness for myself for the things that I've missed or fallen short on. And I, I have so much love for myself and compassion for myself and empathy for myself and grace for myself as I learn and I walk out this entrepreneurial walk that I've never walked before. And that's the beauty of this. It's giving ourselves so much grace, so much space, so much mercy, so much compassion, so much love, acceptance, and forgiveness for like life. Because life is beautiful and it's unexpected and it's harsh and it's cold and it's amazing and just stunning and breathtaking and heartbreaking and just everything and nothing and all the things and we need some love acceptance and forgiveness along that path and that's what I was going to say earlier is that can you imagine if we all first loved and accepted and forgave ourselves and then gave that to those around us can you imagine the impact that would have on our local communities our states our country and beyond if people all operated from a place of like love acceptance and forgiveness And it wasn't about like controlling others or trying to make others be like us or see our way or do things our way. But it was simply like loving them, accepting them, forgiving them and allowing them to like walk out that journey with their creator. And like removing all the judgments and all the pressures and all the things. And I know people be like, Meg, that sounds too good to be true. I mean, you guys, I did it. And I know it's impacted at least. Let's say 10 people. But, like, and that's just a random number I threw out. But let's say 10 people. But then those 10 people have families. So let's say that they have kids. So then, like, that affects their kids. And then their kids have kids. And then their kids have kids. But, like, not only did it affect them and their kids, they shared it with their friends. So then it affected their friends. And their friends' nieces or nephews. And then their nieces or nephews have kids. And then that affects, do you see where I'm going with this? You just never know. You never know the difference you're going to make. The difference that this person tonight that I witnessed has made in my life has been incredibly profound. We not only have a hashtag and a catchphrase and some t-shirts. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get emotional. I got to witness like... One of the most beautiful things I think I've witnessed in a long time. And that's like when someone so, so much wants to like not do this and then they're able to, and then it, it's, it, it sets them free. And then they can breathe. And again, it's going to be a daily thing sometimes, a weekly thing, a monthly thing. The other day, I swear, I had to do it about 15 times. It was just a rough day. But that's okay. That's life. And we can laugh our way through it. 
So I hope that this episode helps to support you. I hope that it intrigues you. I hope that it at least causes you to check in with yourself and see where you are and maybe see if there is anything you are holding against yourself. And like I said, seek out support if you if you need support, whether that be through a trusted friend, family member, um, spiritual community, friendship community, organization, uh, a therapist. If you want to reach out to me, feel free. But like, or if you feel like you can do it yourself, but you are worthy of it. Your life is worth it. And you are worthy of having a life that you love because you can see through the lens of love because you give yourself that lens because you give yourself love. And then through that lens of love and acceptance of forgiveness, you're then able to give that gift to others who then may turn and give it to someone else. And it could potentially change everything. So that's all I have for you today. I hope that this finds you well. I believe in you. I hope you believe in you. Keep going. And thank you again for tuning into this episode. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.